Welcome back to the countdown to kickoff. Mike Bradley, the head coach of the Trojans, our guest, City Rivalry Night against Oregon Mountain. And uh, how do you see the matchup, Coach? I, I see it as a really tough matchup uh, for a number of reasons, obviously, for what's been happening all week long and, uh, you know, and uh, just overall, you know, there's a, just everybody's hearts are on the table right now. And, and you know, you never know how this game's going to be. Uh, but I think both teams are ready to go uh, despite the circumstances that we're, we're playing under. And, uh, and there's going to be a game played tonight. Well, we all love football, so we all really like football players, and that kind of transcends what colors you're wearing on, on any given night. And there is, you know, it's a it's a contact sport. So we wish him well. Let's let's talk about your team off to a two and zero start. I'm Damian Willis, and this is the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on the reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. In this week's episode, we're talking to Stephen Wagner. Stephen is a sports reporter for the Las Cruces Sun News. We're talking about Abe Romero, a a middle linebacker for Oregon Mountain High School who was tragically injured after sustaining a hit Friday, August 26th during his football team's 28-7 victory over Deming. Romero sustained a hit in the second quarter that appeared minor. He got up, played a couple more downs before collapsing on the field. He was immediately taken by ambulance to Membrus Memorial Hospital in Deming, where a medevac helicopter transferred him to a trauma center in El Paso. The entire team took a knee on the field as the helicopter passed over the field. Since then, it's been touch and go for Romero. He's undergone multiple surgeries, and as of Friday, September 2nd, he was still in the ICU. His prognosis remains unclear. Stephen was kind enough to join us this week to discuss his coverage of Abe's story and how the Las Cruces football community has come together to support Abe's family. First, Stephen, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely, Damien. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. Stephen, let's start with that Friday night under those bright lights and dimming when this all began. What can you tell us about what happened on the field? Yeah, definitely. So essentially what happened was Abraham Romero, uh, Oregon Mountains linebacker, uh, a team captain, also plays a little bit of running back, very involved with the team, guy who uh, the head coach has really identified as one of the key leaders on the team, you know, both on the field and off the field. He suddenly just between a couple of plays when he was walking back to the huddle, he just kind of keeled over and collapsed on the football field and coaches and trainers, everybody immediately rushed onto the field to check on him and they, they found him unconscious. So they immediately called over the ambulance. The ambulance rushed him to the Deming, to the local hospital in Deming. Yeah. The, and the then members, the members, uh, Valley hospital there. 
Right. And then from there, he was airlifted to El Paso Children's Hospital. Uh, he was sedated at Membris in Deming, uh, and he's remained sedated ever since. Uh, and they flew him from Membris to El Paso Children's Hospital, and he has remained in a medically induced coma for the last week now. Uh, today, Friday, is actually the one-week mark of, uh, of when this all happened. And this was a couple of plays or maybe several plays after he took kind of a nasty hit. It didn't happen immediately. It didn't set in immediately, right? Right. But I wouldn't necessarily qualify this as a nasty hit. The coach showed me the only clip that they can identify that they think this may have happened with the only play that they think this could have happened. Might on. Have, yeah. Might've led uh, to it. Yeah. So, you know, or keep in mind, this is pretty early in the game. So not a lot has gone on. Uh, he hadn't really sustained any hits or anything like that, but there's one play. He takes the ball. He, he you know, he's, he's in it running back. He takes the ball and he's tackled in a very normal football way. And kind of at the end of the play, he very lightly catches a thigh from a defender to the head. And when I say lightly, I mean, you know, this impact looked like it was probably the equivalent of if I hit you on the head with a pool noodle. You know, the the head coach, Steve Castile, said, you know, the sort of thing that happens um, a thousand times during every football game. Right. A hundred percent. And the head coach pointed out to me, Steve Castile, he said that he thinks that there were probably 40 more plays that happened during the game that were more violent than this play. And I 100 percent agree. Um, if you're just looking at this play, nothing happens that really catches your attention. There's nothing that really jumps off the page. The hit was not malicious. It was not violent. It was not excessive by any means. Uh, in a lot of ways, this was a very mild play. And a few plays go by. He looks completely normal. Uh, he doesn't really take any more hits to the head at all. He's, you know, just going through being a normal kid. Uh, the team scores on a long touchdown pass and you can see him on tape, you know, putting his hands up and running down and celebrating. And then a few plays after that, you see him involved in a punt block. He, yeah, well, uh, I, I say involved. When I say involved, I really mean he just happened to be on the field. He didn't exactly play a key role. He, didn't you know do anything crazy i don't even know if he actually physically touched a defender and then all of a sudden just after that play happened when he was walking back to the huddle just completely collapsed and uh from there uh you know there was you know there was there was a pretty lengthy delay while they tried to stabilize him while they loaded him into uh, into the ambulance and uh, while they rushed him to the hospital. So the whole thing kind of still sounds a bit like a mystery. There was kind of a touching moment as the the, the medevac helicopter actually flew over the field as they were transporting him, probably by accident, but maybe by design. And both teams took a knee, I believe, when that helicopter went over, right? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's been my understanding. And like you said, you know, I don't know if that was by accident or if that was by design, but um, it certainly, you know, that's certainly something that really, you know, catches your eye and catches the attention and really the gravity of the moment that was going on. And that's really been the common theme here for the last week or so that this is something that is a lot bigger than football. Stephen, you spoke with Abe's mother as recently as Thursday. What did she tell you about how he's doing right now? So Abe is still in his coma. She has asked for as many thoughts and prayers as possible. She's asked for as much community support as possible. Uh, One of the things that she has reiterated time and time again is that, you know, part of the reason why she wanted to take this public is because she wants, you know, as many thoughts and prayers and as much support as the community can offer uh, in Abe's current situation, which, you know, I think says quite a bit about, you know, the, 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 the situation that she feels like she's in and kind of her concerns about her son. Uh, she told me earlier this week that the doctors have said that he could remain in the medically induced coma for potentially up to two weeks. Uh, but she has spent, you know, basically all of her time with her son uh, in the intensive care unit at El Paso's Chil- at El Paso Children's Hospital. He has had a he has had a few visitors, the coaches and some of his older teammates. But because he's in the intensive care unit, he is not able to have visitors who are under the age of 18. So that has prevented quite a few of his high school teammates from being able to go in there and actually see him. But they've still turned out uh, in the waiting room. Like I said, uh, his coaches have also made have also made the trip down to visit. But right now, his mother said that really what they're asking for more than anything are, are, are just prayers and thoughts and community support. And two weeks would be this coming Friday, right? This coming Friday would be the two week mark. Yes. Right. There certainly has been an outpouring of support from the entire Las Cruces football community, especially. And tonight's game, they have been raising money for... Abraham Romero. He was injured in Deming last week and uh, he's down at El Paso Hospital and recovering from an injury he suffered a week ago. Uh, They had a moment for him prior to the game and uh, all four football programs are going to be having a car wash at Three Crosses Medical Center on Sunday from 9 to noon to raise money for the young man and his family as they uh, work to get him back on his feet and hopefully better through this uh, tough instance here. So encourage you to go out, give what you can, maybe get your car washed down with a cloth and uh, get some of those uh, mosquitoes or whatever's on the, the grill of your car and help out the Romero family. Abraham Romero and his family as they uh, try to get him back on his feet. Uh, What can you tell us about that? So this has been something unlike anything that I personally have ever really seen before because we have seen 
every single school in the community really make a really concerted effort to not only put the situation of this Oregon Mountain football player on the front burner, but to put football on the back burner. Football has not been the primary concern for these Las Cruces schools this week. Uh, It hasn't been the primary concern for booster clubs either. Um, Every single high school in Las Cruces uh, by Monday or or by this this past Monday, which would be two or three days after uh, Romero was taken to the hospital, every single school put together some sort or started putting together some sort of fundraising effort to be able to raise funds for Romero and his family and their medical expenses and also the the, the expenses that are going to come along with his mother being unable to work uh, while her son is in the hospital. But Mayfield High School pledged to donate their proceeds from their last two 50-50 raffles directly to the Romero family. Oregon Mountain High School also pledged to donate their proceeds from the 50-50 in their most recent game against Mayfield uh, directly to the Romero family. Las Cruces High School sent out a notification to all of their parents, uh, or or they sent out a notification to all of the parents of football players. They sent out notifications to basically everybody involved with the program asking for donations and one private Las Cruces high school do- or one anonymous Las Cruces high school donor pledged to personally match the whatever funds that the high school was able to raise for Romero and his family. My goodness. And then on top of that, Centennial also pledged a $1,000 donation, which came from their last 50-50 raffle. And on top of that, all four high schools collectively hosted on Sunday a car wash at Three Crosses uh, Regional Hospital in Las Cruces. So, uh, you know, the, the efforts... You know, especially the financial efforts from the community to try to raise as much financially and as much just an overall community support for Romero has been nothing short of incredible. Um, Thursday night's game between Oregon Mountain and Mayfield, their booster, the Oregon Mountain Booster Club president actually told me that they were able to raise a little bit under $7,000 total. Oh my goodness. Just, just in Thursday night's football game uh, between all of the contributions that they were able to receive. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, this has been nothing short you're, of truly remarkable and incredible. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, Steven, this is, this is uh, like nothing. I, I don't think it's like, anything this community has even ever seen. And this is a pretty giving, uh, generous community when it comes to tragedies like this. We just haven't seen something that brings together 
these four football teams in such a way. No, I definitely don't think we have. I know I've only been here for a little bit over a year, but this is really the first time that I can remember, you know, a community putting a sport on the back burner, or even in this case, really using a sport as kind of a medium to be able to fundraise and bring attention to something going on that is obviously much, much bigger than football. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's what brings them together. It absolutely is. And that's something that we've seen. And I think the best example of that, and I, I thought to myself the other day, whenever I was covering this Oregon Mountain Mayfield game is it, like, I, I don't think you could have possibly scripted this better. Uh, Oregon Mountain traditionally has not been a football powerhouse uh, to you know be very, very modest. <laughs> in, um, in most circumstances, they might get walloped by Mayfield. And for, I think, probably the first time that a lot of people can remember, possibly the first time ever, but I wasn't able to go back into the record books far enough to actually find uh, some, of the, some of these games. But... Oregon Mountain just dominated Mayfield. Traditionally, you know, one, shut of, the him, shut him out. Power, one of the biggest powerhouse football teams in the state. They beat them 28 to nothing. And this is after losing to them by 30 some odd points last season, just being absolutely dominated. And, you know, they went out and not only beat their cross city rival, something that I'm pretty certain that they've done less than five times in the school's history, but they absolutely dominated their arch rival. Mayfield had Mayfield was simply unable to move the ball. Uh, Mayfield, they had one drive in the first half that looked kind of promising. And after that, Oregon mountain just completely dominated that team. It, it was, yeah. it, you know, I keep on I, saying this, but it's, it's nothing sort of remarkable. And I asked, uh, the head coach, Steve Castile after the game, if he typically believes in that kind of, you know, motivational stuff that you see in movies, you know, everyone rallying together the, the, around the, the Rudy, the player. Rudy moment. Exactly. I asked him if, you know, he kind of believes in these Rudy type moments and he said, typically he really doesn't. He thinks that it's something that can kind of get your adrenaline pumping a little bit, but he said that this was something that was really different. Well, they, and they certainly did uh, win one for the Gipper on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, they really did. And, Castile chalked that up to the fact that Romero is such a leader on and off the field for the team, that he's such a motivational figure, that he's so close and so well respected by everyone on the team. He gave me the quote earlier last week that he's the ultimate knight. And I think that that really encapsulates the way that the community feels or the way that Oregon Mountain feels about him and the and the way that the community is now feeling about him. So the Knights playing for Abraham Romero, Abe. And they lead the Trojans 21-0 with 544 to play in the game. 
And they come to the line of scrimmage first and 10 at the Trojan 45-yard line. And uh, speaking of quotes, you know, whether or not Abe is able to return to the field this season, the team has already declared specifically from his teammates that this season is for him. Yes, everything, you know, they've made it very, very clear. Everything that they do, they want to do it for Abe. Uh, Sports accessories, the local screen printing business, they've printed out uh, helmet decals with Abe's number, number 22, and his initials that the team is going to wear for the rest of the season. And at Thursday night, at Thursday night's game, um, you know, Abe wasn't present, but simultaneously he was everywhere because everywhere you looked, you saw people wearing t-shirts with Romero's name and number on them. You saw uh, flags flying in the stands with the Oregon mountain logo. And underneath that, it had the hashtag Abe strong written on it. Players on the sideline holding up a flag with the number 22 on it. That's Romero's number. You know, boosters were passing around uh, donation uh, donation bins uh, with Abe's photo printed on them. And before the game, uh, this is I, I think this honestly might be the first time that I've ever seen it, even going back to whenever I myself was in high school uh, and played sports. The two teams came together and had a had a pregame prayer at midfield, and well, I, I guess it wasn't a prayer; it was a it was a moment of silence. But many of the players did take a knee uh, and pray. But they had a they had a they had a moment of silence that was twenty two seconds long for number twenty two. Stephen. We've talked a little bit about this, but I want you to to speak a little more. Elizabeth Alonso, who is Abe's mom, said she I, I'm sure she certainly appreciates the financial support because she's unable to work. But she, even more than that, she seems to appreciate the outpouring of, of prayers and just overall support support from the community right yes uh she told me that she's just continuing to ask the community to keep having her son in their prayers because they need this miracle but i was able to chat with her on thursday night uh during the game and she told me that she feels unbelievably blessed that the community has united and really rallied around this young man. And, you know, she would trade the world to be able to have him on the field, playing these games, being around his friends, you know, really being a normal kid. But obviously that's something that at this exact moment is not on the table, but it is something that you can tell really warms her heart and gives this family a little ray of sunshine in a very, very dark moment to see that they aren't alone in this fight and that the community is this. And meanwhile, Abe was 51 miles away from the field of dreams. He was in the 
intensive care unit at El Paso's Children's Hospital, but they tuned in to a Las Cruces radio station to listen to the broadcast of Thursday's game between Oregon Mountain and, and Mayfield High Schools. And Abe's presence was, like you said, definitely felt at that game. It definitely was. She sat there in the intensive care unit with her son, with the game being aired on LCPS TV. She had that on her iPad and she had the tablet propped up on his bed, holding her son's hand inside hers while they watched the game together because she knew that he would want to listen to it. He would want to watch the game. He never missed a game before. And now all of a sudden he was, and she knew that this was something that would matter to him a lot. And so they, or they watched everything play out. They watched the entire game play out from the intensive care unit, 51 miles from the field of dreams. Um, Watched watch, uh, Oregon Mountain uh, trounce Mayfield. Trounce Mayfield for the first time since 2017, and the second time uh, probably in most people's lives. In, um, in forever, at least in yeah. uh, Oregon Mountain's life, or or uh, the, the previous Oñate's life. Yeah, like I said, I couldn't go back far enough in the record books because the record books literally ran out. But that might be I would not be surprised if that was the largest margin of victory Oregon Mountain previously on Yate had ever had over Mayfield. And the head coach pointed out after the game that that score probably should have been a lot higher. In the locker rooms at the Field of Dreams, the two high schools strapped on helmets with the special decals with the number 22 and uh, his initials AR for uh, Abe Romero. There's clearly a lot of solidarity building around Abe and everyone really seems to be pulling for him. I think that's really the perfect way to say that. And I think that this has been a theme that has constantly been repeated throughout the course of last week. And it's something that that will carry out throughout the season, it seems like. I would certainly imagine that, especially with the intensity of the fundraising efforts that we've seen. The fact that every single major high school in Las Cruces is coming together together to say, we're going to not care about football right now. We're going to do everything that we can to make sure that a kid who's just like us is able to make it through this. Yeah, Um, this is something that could happen to any one of us. Yeah, and I think a lot of these kids and these coaches recognize that the people who really are in positions to save Abe's life and pull Abe out of this are obviously, uh, you know, the very experienced medical professionals and doctors in these hospitals and these kids and these coaches, they may not be able to offer any very direct help to Abe, 
and they see this as the next best thing that they could possibly do. Uh, you know, they, they see fundraising for the family and they see taking very aggressive action to be able to help the family externally as the best thing that they can possibly do. And we should point out the prognosis at this point is still kind of up in the air, unfortunately. It's one of these things where, you know, they, they've been running tests on him basically constantly since he was admitted to the hospital per his mother. And, you know, they may not know specifically what it was until he comes out of this medically induced coma. And they also will have no idea what kind of long-term damage is really there until he comes out of the coma. Yeah. It's something where basically all we have right now are questions and we won't get those answers until he's awakened from the coma and doctors feel that it's safe to wake him up and take him off of the sedation. In speaking with Elizabeth, Stephen, have you gotten a sense of who Abe is? You know, what he's passionate about, what uh, makes him tick? He's passionate about football. Football is the thing that makes him tick. In a lot of ways, he really is just another average high school kid you know he he would wake up and he'd grab his backpack and he'd go to school and he'd you know sit around all day waiting for football practice and then he would go to practice and then he'd hang out with his friends and you know really just be a normal high school kid I think just like you know most kids in the city of Las Cruces are able to relate to and a way that, you know, people like you and me were probably able to relate to, too, because, you know, I imagine that, you know, we were we were probably this way whenever we were 17 years old. But what really fires him up, what really gets him going and that thing that he really looks forward to every single day is football. Uh, You know, I've very much gotten the impression that he's a kid who would, you know, sit in class and kind of stare at the clock and think, man, you know, like, you know, we only only X more amount of time until I'm able to go to football practice. And, you know, he'd think about football all throughout the day, Um, you know, just like a lot of other high school kids do. He's unquestionably been the leader for this team. He's a team captain. He really is the spark that gets the team going uh, in the weight room. Um, He gets them going in off the field stuff. And in terms of his actual, you know, role on the team and the position that he plays, he plays a very, very important part as the starting linebacker. His job effectively is to make sure that the team is lined up correctly on every single play, that the defensive line is in the right shifts, that uh, the play call has been clearly communicated. So this is a guy who plays a very, very big part, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And really just in, 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 in every way that, in every way that you could think of, you know, Castile 
told me that whenever a teacher comes up to him and says something about Abramero, she hears, you know, she, she hears his name come out of a teacher's mouth. He's one of the kids where he's never worried about what the teacher is going to say next. You know, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he effectively said, you know, whenever there's some kid or whenever some kids' names are, whenever a teacher says some kids' names, you kind of roll your eyes or you think, oh boy, what did so-and-so <laughs> do now? And he's he not, he's not one of those kids. That's never been the case with Abe. It, you know, he's, he said it's always been, you know, like, oh, you know, this kid, he's such a respectful kid. Uh, he's, you know, he's such a good kid. He's, he's, you know, exactly, well, he's the, he's the ultimate knight. <laughs> yeah. You, you've also spoken to uh, his friends on the team and what it, I assume they probably told you the same thing about Abe. Yeah, they did. Um, I, I talked to one of his best friends, Fabian Lozoya. Uh, he plays running back for the team. He also plays defensive end. And talking to him, you could tell this is something that is really weighing on him. Kind it's of, really yeah, it's a traumatic, traumatic for him too. Yeah, uh, he was kind of fighting back tears just talking about him and, and and you could tell this this is something that you know it, it it's hard for him for him to talk about and it, it's it, it's it's bothered him knowing that he's in a hospital 50 miles away and right now there are just so many unknowns and this is something that has really you know come to the forefront of a lot of these players minds and they clearly miss him a lot. And the team has kind of tried to find this balance between, you know, thinking about Abe and caring for their own mental health. Uh, as you know, I'm sure any kids in this situation would, would do, but simultaneously trying to focus on football. And it seemed to me like the team last week was actually happy to have to be playing Mayfield uh, on a Thursday whenever they would normally play on a Friday because it forced the players to focus on something else, to think about something else, to have something else that you would want to do. And for them to be able to do something that they know Abe would really, really want to do. That kind of reminds me, Stephen, Certainly not a question I had planned to ask, but do we know if the district is doing anything, you know, as far as providing uh, counseling for these other players who are impacted by Abe's injury? Uh, right now, we do not know that. No, no coach wants to see something like this happen to one of their players. Um, what have they told you about Abe and what happened on uh, Friday, August 26th? They've really said that, or it, it, at least Steve Castile has told me that this has been something that, you know, is very, very frightening. And obviously every coach uh, goes through mandatory concussion training um, and sure. you always fear the worst. And this 
really is, you know, the worst possible case scenario. And, you know, Oregon Mountain, you know, it, it's something that has really hit. It seems like it's hit it's hit the coaching staff um, very hard. And keep in mind, we also don't right now 100 percent know if this was concussion based or if this we, was even. We don't. Related. Yeah, we don't even know if it was a football related injury. The game tape doesn't seem to indicate that it was football related. Right. We we have no idea specifically what caused this thing? And it may be some time before we know specifically what caused this thing, just as doctors are continuing to do, you know, as many as many tests as they possibly can, you know, MRIs, CAT scans, you know, you name it. Uh, it, it, it his mother's basically told me that they've done it at El Paso. Well, he, he, uh, even uh, as late as Thursday, they were doing emergency surgeries, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, that is, that is correct. Uh, they, they were still doing emergency surgeries as, as late as Thursday. And, you know, from a coaching standpoint, Castile told me there's really no playbook for coaches on how to handle something like this, because right now the staff is very much in a reactive state and trying to do what they can to care for the players that are still in their care. Um, the, 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 the vibe that I've really gotten is that they understand that the doctors in El Paso are going to do everything in their power to make sure Abe comes through this. And they want to make sure that the kids that they're still responsible for, these players are mentally going to be okay and that they're mentally cared for that, you know, if you need to take a little bit of time off to kind of step away and really just process everything that, that, that that's okay. Or maybe, you know, if you want to adjust the way that you do team meetings or maybe the way that you do something at practice, that, that that's okay. And, you know, football has, kind of been welcomed as almost kind of a pleasant distraction um, sure. in art because this is something that everybody on the team knows that Abe would really want to do if he, and if it, he was to, to that point. It's also become a rallying point for the team. You know, yeah. it, it would certainly be a, a, a Cinderella story if if the team um, just kind of rallied behind this and wrote it out for the rest of the season. Yeah, and it's already almost become a little bit of a Cinderella story just by knocking off their arch rival who historically has absolutely dominated them. But during the game and after the game, you know, the, the players grabbed an Oregon mountain flag with the school's logo and you know, the, the hashtag Abe strong written underneath it and everybody circled up around it. They, they, they held the flag whenever the team said a little prayer for Abe after the game, everything, everything the players did was really about rallying around Abe and, you know, winning this one for Abe. Tell us a little about what would Abe do, which is 
become something of a, a motto for the Knights football team? From everything that coaches, players, friends, his mom has told me, Abe would want to keep playing football. You know, that this, this is something that, you know, the kid really did love to do. And, you know, if he if, if he weren't in a coma right now, um, you know, they're, they're very he'd adamant. Be, he'd be on the field. Yeah, he'd be he'd be on the field and he'd be adamant and telling his team, you know, hey, you know, we got to play this game. You know, come on, guys, focus up. We got let's, a game. Yeah, let's go out there and win this one. Yeah, you know, there, there's a there's a lot going on right now. But, you know, what's really important is that, you know, we have a game against so and so on Friday. And, you know, we we need to make sure that we're that we're prepared to go out there and play. And, you know, that's that, that's really kind of been the essence of what Abe would do. Stephen, what do you want to add that we haven't talked about? Well, his mother shared a message with me uh, the other day, and I, I feel like I'd kind of be remiss if I if I didn't mention this. But she said that she wanted to ask the community to please continue having her son in their prayers uh, as they really need a mer- as they really need a miracle. Those who would like to make a donation to Romero and his family can call Organoton High School at 575-527-9430 to inquire about making a donation, or you can cash app dollar sign E-L-I-Z-A-B-T-R-O, Elizabethro, so that funds may go directly to his family. 8509 are the last four digits of that phone number if you would like to make a donation there as well. Gotcha. Stephen, thank you so much for uh, for your time today. Absolutely, Damien. Thanks for having me. It's always, like I said, it's always a good time. It always is. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporter stories about, well, about how we report stories. You can find all of our stories and the rest of our reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. A huge thanks goes out to Stephen for joining us this week. You can read Stephen's reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. Also, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many of the places you find your favorite podcasts. Thanks to Adams Radio of Las Cruces for the additional audio heard in this episode. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com for all of us at The Sun News. Thank you for the privilege of your time.